This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad. It is a Wednesday drive where things got spicy with the Ravens at Panthers camp this morning. Brian Burns drilled J.K. Dobbins, dislodged the football on a play. Panthers DBs were scuffling with Baltimore wide receivers on one field. But the big story for me today was this. Matt Rule called out Terrace Marshall Jr. It's kind of like what we were taught in grade school, that if a little boy was mean to a girl, it probably meant he liked her. Or when you got older, if your buddies roasted you, it likely meant that they cared about you. In NFL training camp, when the head coach calls out a player publicly, odds are they're doing it because they have high expectations for that guy. I think Rule was making an example out of Terrace after he dropped a couple of passes during 7-on-7 drills. It might have been three passes he dropped today. Omar Bayless, an undrafted player out of Arkansas State a year ago, he had a drop. DJ Moore probably could have reeled one in, but it was a little more contested than some of the ones directed at 88. But DJ Moore has proven a lot in this league. Omar Bayless is undrafted. Terrace is somebody many had a first-round grade attached to and was taken in the second round. So expectations, they are different for Terrace. And we know he looks the part. We know the talent's there. So rule... I think just took an opportunity with joint practice today. Made it pretty clear who he was talking about. You be the judge here. Some of these guys are getting a little tired. Um, and I say that so, you know, I always say no excuses. I'm saying that more as like a, a jab. Like a little sun out here today and all of a sudden, you know, felt a little tired, felt a little sorry for ourselves. And as I told some of our young guys, you know, you don't get to like, you don't get to like all the Instagram posts and they come out here and not practice well, you know. What you did, what you did last week, doesn't matter. So it's about what you did today. So, um, thought Sam was sharp today. He protected himself versus all the blitzes. I thought quarterbacks were sharp. They put the ball where it needed to be, and some guys had to make some catches. Hmm. Instagram posts, flashy. It doesn't matter what you did last week. Who could he be talking about there? And this is something that's been brewing. First joint practice in Indy. The big takeaway from Rule wasn't Sam Darnold being at about 500 passing, completing about 50% of his passes. No, he pointed to young receivers running the wrong route sometime. And they have to be sharper than that. After the preseason game on Sunday, Terrace had the big catch. We were expecting Matt to be very complimentary about how Terrace has progressed. All Matt wanted to talk about, what happened at the end of the play? Ball was punched out and went out of bounds. Ball security. Details. These are things Matt is trying to instill in a young player that has a lot of promise. The rest of the offense, it apparently has been clicking. Looking at the numbers, this is according to Joe Person from The Athletic. Darnold was 19 of 36 today, Cole. That's including a handful of drops from Terrace, a catchable ball from DJ, a drop for Omar Bayless, and there might have been some other ones penciled in there as well. This is what Matt had to say about the passing game further. Oh, yeah, I didn't like the passing game at all. I mean, I, I'm just not letting that affect. I was really happy with our front and our backs and our run game and our protection. So that was coming into this, what I was like, okay, we'll see how. So that was like a real step forward. I'm really happy about that. The rest of it, I, you know, you probably that's why probably, you probably saw me gather them up like, hey, you know, this is a game of this is a game of everyone doing their job. If nine guys do their job and two don't, you lose. So we've got, we need everyone to kind of step up. I don't think Matt would be as bothered if the only problem out there was Omar Bayless not doing his job, or Zilstra, or even to a degree David Moore. These aren't guys you're going to be leaning on being first, second, third string receivers. Terrace, Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore. Those are the top three guys on the depth chart. And Robbie didn't play today. Robbie didn't practice. He was just on the side on a bike doing some individual stuff. Apparently dealing with a hamstring, probably going to be back by the end of the week. It's unknown whether he's going to participate in the 
preseason game. Saturday night, the Ravens and the Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. They'll have another joint practice tomorrow. Matt Rule, he flat out called out Terrace Marshall at camp today. That's what stood out to me. Yesterday, the Panthers traded away Greg Little. Got a draft uh, draft pick back in return, so I think that's a win. Oh, by the way, if you want your thoughts heard on today's show, you can tweet us at WSJS Sports, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Coles and Roberts place today. Taking your phone calls at 777-1600. Now that the Panthers have come to terms with Little being a bust and getting something in return while they still could, it's time for them to do the same with Will Greer. Scott Fitterer should trade him while he still has value because if he doesn't, it's likely going to be in the team's best interest to cut him in a couple of weeks. Now, that could change depending on what happens with the Delta variant. We still haven't really seen that affect many training camps. There are teams releasing different rules for fans. I know the Raiders are going to require vaccine passports, going to require proof of vaccination in order to attend games. The Panthers are not going to do that. They aren't, and they're not going to require masks while you're watching games as of right now. That's what the announcement said yesterday. Still a lot more information coming out on that front. When it comes to roster management, I thought Carolina did not have a choice a year ago. They had to keep three quarterbacks. Every team had to keep at least three. You didn't know if you were going to lose a quarterback or two to COVID. You had to have three. I'm usually pre-pandemic, of the opinion you should have two. I think in Carolina's case, it's probably best they have two and get rid of Will Greer. Trade him or release him in a few weeks because it's obvious who the number two guy is. Will Greer, even last year, as bad as last year was, didn't have to play a snap the entire season. The last time before Sunday, we saw Will Greer play a competitive snap of football was the 2019 season. P.J. Walker is the clear number two because Rule has a relationship and trust with P.J. that he does not have with Will. He doesn't owe anything to Will. He hasn't invested anything in Will. Will Greer was drafted by Marty Herney, who's no longer here, and Ron Rivera, who's no longer here. P.J. Walker was brought in last year. He was... Matt's quarterback at Temple. And when they needed a quarterback to start in Teddy's place, it was PJ who got the start against Detroit, and that was a shutout win for Carolina. PJ's the clear number two. He did nothing to hurt his chances at practice and Sunday against the Colts. He's the clear number two guy. Will Greer's third on the depth chart. I don't know if you need... Three quarterbacks, now that we know that Darnold is vaccinated. When Darnold was unvaxxed, then I understood it. Maybe you might want to keep three QBs. But now that he's vaccinated, two quarterbacks on the team. I think that's the right thing to do. If you do that, you're allowed to keep another player on the 53-man roster. You're able to keep potentially... Shy Smith and Brandon Zilstra, and potentially Keith Kirkwood too. You can have more depth on the offensive line now that you got rid of Greg Little. Keep an extra man on the roster there. Maybe you look at the D-line, wanting to make sure that unit's still strong. I'd prefer that over having another quarterback to hold a clipboard. Will Greer, he wasn't given much of a shot on Sunday. If I'm being fair here, he wasn't given a, a lot of opportunity. Rule even acknowledged that. They're trying to milk some clock. They're trying to win the game. It's in the fourth quarter. So Will only threw it nine times. Nine times. But how many more opportunities are you going to get? This week feels like a last hurrah for Will. And apparently, he's been assured by Matt Rule that he would get opportunities during preseason. This is Will in Indy after preseason game number one. I don't know how much or how little he has assured me. He just 
has, you know, said that I will have my opportunity and he believes in me. And uh, um, like I said, just got my job is to not worry about what the opportunity is or when it is, just take advantage of it. Matt Rule has some difficult decisions to make this week. Preseason game number two, you only have three. Coaches are trying to figure out how many reps to give players with a three preseason game slate versus a four game slate that they became that we've become accustomed to seeing pre-pandemic. How much playing time do the starters get? Is it going to be a half? Is it going to be the dress rehearsal that we're used to seeing with three quarters? I doubt that's going to be the case with the Panthers. I don't think you go from playing no guys to playing three quarters. I don't think we're going to see that. It's probably either going to be a quarter or a half. In the second half, it shouldn't be P.J. Walker leading the second team. It should be Will Greer. Give him a real opportunity. Rule said after they got rid of Greg, Greg Little, that is, teams noticed the tape on Sunday and saw Greg Little do some good things. Enough where the Miami Dolphins saw fit. We'll give you a seventh-round draft pick. We'll give you something to ship him off our way. A former second-round talent did some good things we saw on tape. Give Will that opportunity. Maybe a team will want to bring him in. If there's some attrition, if there's an open spot, if Will does some good things, because it's obvious he's number three on the depth chart, and not a lot's going to happen to change that. The question is, is Carolina going to keep three quarterbacks, should they, with the Delta variant surging? Or, uh, and, how much playing time do you give the starters? Matt hasn't even committed to Sam Darnold starting on Saturday, which I think would be insane. You need to give these guys some reps. Especially when they haven't really proven anything, like Darnold. On the Panthers or with the Jets. I think Will Greer's time in the NFL is coming to a close. Or his time with the Carolina Panthers is coming to a close. Same draft as Greg Little. That awful 2019 draft that might, after camp, have just two guys left standing. Brian Burns and Dennis Daly. Since I don't think Christian Miller's going to make the team. And I think Will Greer should be gone. I think it's time to turn the page. They came to terms with it on the Greg Little front. Now they need to do so with Will Greer. Gold's hanging out with us. You can listen to the AG show from noon to three, Monday through Friday. Just kind enough to pop in after he got off the air today. Adam? Yes? We've got clips from Panthers camp that I want reaction to. A couple of things. Actually, I'll play this one for you first, just because... I think it was specifically tailored for you. Sam oh. Darnold oh, okay, good. had an exchange with a reporter today that I think the football gods gifted this show because he knew you were coming in Let's studio see. today. Let's hear it. Getting tackled, uh, you know, feeling the rush and, you know, escaping if I have to. I think that's that's really the biggest thing. How important is that to, to be tackled? Like, I know you don't want to be, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, obviously I have experience with it in the past, you know, the last few years. So um, I think, you know, it is important. It is important to a certain extent to, I mean, that's a fair question, you know. Yeah, it's a fair question. How important is it to get hit? He's got, his, he master, he's got his masters in getting hit with the Jets. He doesn't need to get hit anymore. I mean, didn't Teddy Bridgewater also get hit? Right? He did. I'm with you. Jake DeLome, he, he was Why with us he yesterday. Play? He said the same thing. Hey, if you're talking about quarterback play in preseason, coordination, chemistry, getting all timing, having all that down, it's not like Aaron Donald going head-to-head with the guy in front no. of him. I don't think that guy needs to play, but a new quarterback or a quarterback in general? Think about, think about what Sam Darnold has had to deal with. This is fourth year in the league. He's had... Two other offensive systems, right? This is his third with a new team. It's make or break kind of for Darnold. If he has a bad year, the Panthers 
are going to start looking for the next quarterback. Even if he has a good year, they might not. They might start looking for the next quarterback. They, uh, he has to get reps. I didn't get. I'm like, wait a second. He's not playing at all. Not even. Not even two series. Like, I'm glad we got a good look at PJ Walker. We got a good look at well, sort of Will Greer. Like, these are valuable. He's not going to play in the last game. There's a reason why. This seems like a generational thing to me. Sean McVay sat 40 players in preseason game number one. That's far more than anybody else in the league. Tied for second, Matt Rule. And you see a lot of the younger coaches benching guys. Do you know who does and always has? Belichick, Mike Tomlin, because they see value in having them playing. But here's the thing. It, it all depends on who's being who's not playing. Matthew Stafford doesn't have to establish himself as a quarterback in the NFL. But, Ma- Matthew Stafford has to stay healthy. Right, right, but timing, he's on a new team, coordination, yeah, that all matters. A, a lo- yes, but you can do that in one game. Matthew Stafford doesn't have to establish himself as the player. Sam Darnold's done nothing in this league. Zero in this league. Except I still think got he hit. Can, right. He's, he's, he's got a, a master's degree in that. He can still be a good quarterback. I'm not, I'm not down on Sam Darnold. Like, if you're the Panthers, you just don't have the luxury to wait this out. He's going to have to, I guess he's going to play a half against the Ravens. I'd be surprised if he plays more than a quarter. I hope I'm wrong. We're going to go into the regular season with Sam Darnold having played one quarter of a preseason football game? I don't know how they're going to manage it with awesome. three preseason games. I don't know, because usually the third preseason game is the one you'd play everybody in, but now Not there's now. only three. Yeah, to me, I, it just, to me, I just lop off the first one, treat the second game like the second game used to be, which is, all right, starters play a little bit, maybe into the second quarter. Third one, to me, is you, you play your best players a half, maybe even the first series of the third quarter. Let, let's hear from J.C. Horn from Panthers practice today. Last week, Joe Person said, J.C. might have started a kerfuffle. Oh. I don't want to say it was a brawl. I think a scuffle's probably a little bit higher up on the verbiage okay. when it comes to uh, some altercations. JC's a physical corner. Here's what he had to say about there being some pushing and shoving again today with the Panthers DBs. Uh, just just two competitive teams. Um, you know, Marcus Peters, he, he talk a lot. So it's, it's always fun just get out there and compete. You know, two physical teams, like I said, and tensions was just up. Um, but, you know, it's over with now. We can't wait to get back tomorrow and work with those guys. A lot of people were questioning that number eight pick, not just because of fields this past weekend, but because of the questions with Darnold and also Patrick Sertan. When Cole, you say a I lot of right? people, are you just talking about you? Oh, no, no. Okay. I'm not alone. A lot of Panther right. fans. Cole, and a lot of people were just looking at the quarterback like I did. I said it the day of that I would have taken fields because of the contract. You're talking about five years of a rookie contract. you got to make a decision on Darnold in one year. What did Sertan do over the weekend, uh, Cole? Uh, I think he had 11 coverage snaps. Didn't give up a single completion like that was targeted toward him. And the one of the ones that was targeted to, uh, towards him, he took it back for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, he had a pick six this weekend. So... Preseason football. I want to. I want to see J.C. Horn play. I preseason football. I love. I love when they push and shove it. I have no problem. And look, they're practicing against the Ravens, right? They're not. It's not against each other. It's a practicing against the Ravens. So I got zero problem with it. Look, I have no idea if J.C. J.C. Horn is going to be a great player or not, Uh, but he has all the makings of a shutdown physical corner. Those guys make your entire defense better. You look at all the teams that had elite defenses, it's because they had one guy shutting down one side of the field. When the Jets had a good defense back in the Darrell Rivas days, Darrell Rivas eliminated half the field. New England for the last two decades. Absolutely. And you can go Lawyer Malloy, Ty Law, uh, Asante Samuel. They had tons of great cornerbacks. Rivas and the Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the kid from South Carolina. And we'll see. I don't know why I called him a kid anymore. He's been in the league for like five or six years. And uh, also, J.C. Horn went to that school, too. So they they produced some pretty good cornerbacks over here. And then this is probably the clip. This is from yesterday, actually, that's gotten the most attention. Matt Rule talking about the construction of this offensive line, trying to figure this all out. And he made himself an analogy that I don't know if he really wanted to make. 
Um, you know, I, I still think – I don't think it's much about that. I mean, I think we feel good about our starting five. Couple, you know, two, three more guys there uh, that we feel good about. Um, you know, but we're a work in progress. You know, we're we're uh, we're, we're like I eighty five on the way down here. We're under construction. You know, so we've got we've got the we've got some work to do. And what we really need is we need some, you know, we, we need some of our young players to come along. You know, and I thought uh, we saw some of that from some guys the other night. There's two ways to take this, Adam. Mm. You could say Matt Rule is officially one of us because he's he knows about the traffic on I eighty five with it. Yeah. Or secondly, maybe he he's telling us something that the offensive line's never going to get fixed. <laughs> That's the thing I thought because about. I eighty five has been under construction since Nam. I've lived here since nineteen ninety eight. I have been making the drive to Charlotte. I covered the ACC tournament uh, in I guess it was in Charlotte in ninety nine. The eight ninety eight tournament was in Greensboro. Uh, but I've driven to Charlotte every year, at least once, from Raleigh. And there's construction from, like, almost the split south of Greensboro all the way down to Charlotte. At some point, it's always I don't there. take 85 anymore. I take 77. That's it. I, I, I stay I drive away the back from 85. Roads. I come in uh, North Carolina 49 going into Charlotte now. Look, it's that was, was unfortunate. I understand what his, uh, what his point is, um, but... Their offensive line's a mess. It's a mess. And they apparently don't need Greg Little anymore. No. Give him to somebody who needs him. Got a pick back. That seventh they rounder. The they seventh can get rounder. another long snapper next year. Gosh. That's just... Look, I feel bad for... It didn't work. It was a bad pick. They traded up. They traded two picks to get to move up 10 spots, and they took a bust. I asked this question on social media in the last hour. Which of these Marty Herney drafts were the worst, okay? Marty did a lot of good things. I don't think Panther fans know what really bad management looks like. Like, Oh, I agree. Marty Herney, when you look at the guys he picked in the top 10, when he's picking in the top 10, it was, these are the five guys he took. Jordan Gross, Julius Peppers, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Derek Brown. Yeah, you're not supposed to screw those up. And he never did. Right. So I don't think some people do. So but you, he's never. I don't right. think, I don't think the Panthers know what incompetent owner, uh, general managers look like. So was he great? Probably not. I felt the same way about Dave Gettleman. I don't think he was a bad general manager. No. Just not. He was not incompetent. That's They'd the way I'll be put here. it. So th- there were bad drafts that uh, Marty Herney had, which was the worst. This is 2019. Brian Burns, first round pick. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Second rounder, Greg Little. Third rounder, Will Greer. Fourth rounder, Christian Miller, who's still on the team. I had to check. Jordan Scarlett, who's not from Florida, mm-hmm. the running back. Dennis Daly, who's still around, uh, offensive lineman out of South Carolina. And Terry Godwin, no longer around wide receiver from Georgia. That's 2019. 2010, Jimmy Clausen, second round. Brandon LaFell taken in the third round, as was Armonte Edwards that year. Greg Hardy was taken later in the sixth round. David Geddes, a sixth-round pick. And then Tony Pike. Tony Pike. Yep. Tony right Pike. Cincinnati. And then the last one I got here, 2009, trading into the top of the second round, a first-round draft pick to get Everett Brown out of Florida State, Sherrod Martin out of Troy, Corey Irvin from Georgia, Mike Goodson, A&M, Tony Fiametta from Syracuse, Duke Robinson, Oklahoma, Captain Munnerwin, seventh-round pick out of South Carolina. Uh, there, there were actually some a uh, couple of players who actually impacted the team on that one, so we'll, we'll eliminate 2009. <laughs> um, 2010, see, here's the problem. And each of, each of the drafts in question all had the same one thing in common. There were reaches to trade up. Mm-hmm. Now, trading away a future first-round pick to get into the second round to take Everett Brown... Unforgivably bad. Completely a complete disaster. But they also, I think, they traded up to get Armonte Edwards and then change his position. They drafted three quarterbacks that year. Only two of them played quarterback. (laughs) Tony Pike never played. I think that year they all even got Brian St. Pierre, uh, you know, at a change in diapers to come off the off the couch against the Ravens. Right. So look, I those are some bad drafts. Uh, Every every franchise has a couple of those. Um, the if you don't get anybody that helps your team in a draft in some way, shape, or form, it was a bad draft. Uh, there were a couple of players there that at least helped the team. Like Brandon LaFell played a little bit. He did. And David he, he Geddes played a little bit. 
when he was with Brady. Nah, I don't think Brandon LaFell was ever pretty good. He had a couple they, game-winning catches. The, the, the Panthers have had wide receiver two problems for a long time. <laughs> you have issues with Kerry Colbert? We could maybe relitigate that another uh, time. Kerry Colbert, uh, Drew the, Carter. Other, the other Steve Smith. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the other Steve Smith. The other Steve Smith. What I like about you is you're just walking into the studio with grapes. Yeah, oh, by the way, a little preview for Friday in our Who You Got segment. Um, red or green grapes? Wow. Did they taste differently? Oh, yes. Green grapes, then, easily. Where do you stand, Cole? Green all the way. Mm. The range... Gold's grapes are green, by the these, way. These are green grapes. The range between a good and a bad green grape is massive. Red grapes, much more consistent. What's for dinner? Don't know yet. I have to pick Jack up from soccer practice. Okay. See, he's not here. He's not here to sabotage the, the yeah. segment. I, I always enjoy that. <laughs> uh, to sabotage the segment. He is. He, he desperately wants to be on the radio. I am a Costco man, and I'll tell you what. It's tremendous. This week, I picked up the... The street tacos kit that they okay, have. Okay, that's good. That's oh, good. And that's just been, that's my dinner for the next, was last night, and it's going to be the next two nights. Uh, there's They have a taco salad, which is excellent. Mm. Uh, they also have the Asian chicken wraps, uh, which are really good. Um, uh, we get also the big, uh, the big tray of uh, marinated chicken wings, which are tremendous. Yes. And we have an air fryer. We have an air fryer. Oh, I don't have an air fryer, but yeah. I mean, if you air fry those. Are you, come on. I'm just not as cool as you are. No, no, get an air fryer. It's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Wedding gift. I'm going to put it on the uh, the registry. Oh, you guys getting married in Myrtle Beach? <laughs> you guys, is that where you're going? Uh, going? South Boston, Virginia. Why is there Virginia? a mallet in here? There, it's, I, we're, we're trying to figure that out. Uh, is this place under construction? I think it hits rats. That's what I think. Oh, it good. Does. That's that's comforting. <laughs> that's very nice. I'm gonna hide my grapes. Uh, oh, Cole, what's for dinner? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna have. Uh, my roommates are all finally moved back in, so thankfully I no longer have to cook. Mighty Elon student, Cole. Oh, excellent. Batting today for us. You have a Elon guy as your producer as well. Alec. Oh, every time Elon is mentioned, uh, we have the screaming phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, whatever wow, that's that pretty is. good. We'll have to uh, cut that up and make sure we put that into production. Adam, yes. we'll talk to you next uh, next week, and uh, what, uh, we'll talk, we'll hear from you tomorrow, noon to three. That's right. I, I will be on. Uh, I will be on noon to three tomorrow. Noon to three, we'll unless, hear from Adam Gold. Unless you know something I don't. Speaking of that 2019 draft, so we got a bust in Greg Little, who was traded yesterday to the Miami Dolphins. How about the guy taking after him, Will Greer? His days in Charlotte numbered? That's next on The Drive. One of the more underrated players in the ACC last basketball season, Tyrese Radford, is no longer going to be at Virginia Tech. We've known that for months now, but we now know where he's going to be playing his basketball. Not in the ACC, but in the SEC for Texas A&M. Shouldn't really surprise anybody considering who once recruited him at Virginia Tech and who's now the head coach at Texas A&M, that fiery guy that sweats a lot. It's time for Culture Shock. We'll get back to the Panthers in a little bit. Vic Vixen's going to be our guest at 530. Right now, Cole is going to show us how much or how little he knows about pop culture from about 10 years ago. It might even be a little bit further than that. Let's get things started with a guest from yesterday's show. Daylight come and you got it alone. Jake DeLome, the first name that you got here. How are you feeling, Cole? Uh, pretty confident. I grew up a Panthers fan thanks to my dad, so I do know a little bit about some Jake DeLome action. Okay. Jake DeLome, in between his first few NFL seasons with the Saints, played a couple of seasons of NFL Europe football. Jake DeLome played seven seasons with the Panthers, making a Pro Bowl 
for Carolina in one of them. Jake DeLome was a spokesman for Cookout in the mid-2000s, appearing in TV and newspaper ads with Steve Smith. Two facts, one lie. I forgot to ask, what's your record? Um, 7 and 11. 7 11 is your record. Yeah, okay. so it's 18. We've done it five times. Let's make it 8 and 11 right now. All right. Um, so Jake Dale Holmes. So you said, I know he's a, he is a pro bowler. Um, the NFL Europe and the third one was a cookout. Yeah, he was in those cookout, cookout ads with Steve Smith back then. So some back in the day cookout action. Um, you like cookout? Yeah, I really like cookout. I had it last night actually. Went with the chicken tender tray though this time. Switched it up. But, one of those um, might have been in the ad. He, yeah, he might have. I wasn't a big on cookout uh, back then. We didn't have one in Hendersonville, so I didn't even know about it. Tough um, break. When Delholm and Steve Smith were in Carolina. So I don't know if he was on a cookout ad. I do know he was a pro bowler, and I don't know about the NFL Europe. So I'm going to say him and Steve Smith were on a cookout ad. He was a pro bowler. The lie is the NFL Europe after playing with the Saints. Sorry, Cole. That's incorrect. Uh, it was Bojangles, not cookout. The Jake DeLome and Carolina Steve Smith favorite. rode around in a Dukes and Dukes and Hazard mobile with a chicken lodged at the top of it, and they blew up like sheds with footballs. Jake DeLome and Steve Smith throwing them at said sheds. You're now eight and twelve, mm. having a difficult 12, day. 7 and 12, sorry. Thank you for being honorable there. Next up, Charlie Sheen. Robert Walsh texted me this one because he's been apparently watching a lot of Two and a Half Men lately. Maybe more Two and a Half Men this week than his entire life combined. Charlie Sheen, here's a couple facts for you. Starred as Rick Vaughn in Major League as a pitcher. Claimed drugs couldn't kill him because he had lion's blood. Had a scholarship to Kansas, but dropped due to a credit card fraud charge. Ooh. Do you know who Charlie Sheen is? Yeah, two and a half men, Charlie Sheen. He is um, in Major League, Wild Thing. That's one of my favorite baseball movies. Okay, you're just gloating now. Um... Okay, so we got some lion's blood and a, you said a credit card charge that dropped him out of college? Yeah, he had a scholarship to Kansas, dropped to, to credit card fraud charges, claims, claimed drugs couldn't kill him because he had lion's blood. Hmm. So was it, was it baseball? Is that what he was going to do? I gave you all the information you need. Okay. All right. Um... Okay, so Charlie Sheen, a lion's blood quote, sounds like something he would say. And I would say he wasn't good enough to go for college um, baseball, which I believe it was. So I think there was never that offer on the table. So I'm going to say that the third one is incorrect. So he's, he was in Major League, and he had the quote about the lion's blood. Dang, man. <laughs> he did have the scholarship. Uh. It was Tiger Blood. Oh my god. Tiger blood, not lion's blood. Over oh tiger blood. On. Tiger's blood instead of lion's blood and cookout instead of Bojangles. I can't catch a break here today. And in preseason, you missed out not knowing that Rashid Wallace went to Carolina instead oh, yeah, saying that he went to Duke. Game You're having a really tough day today. Let's see if you can salvage something though. The last of the three, somebody who was a big deal for maybe like a six month stretch in the mid 2000s. Butterbean. Do you have any idea who Butterbean is? Uh, Do you want to take a guess like what genre? What? If it's a sport, if it's a TV show, a movie, is he a musician? What do you think Butterbean is? Is it Butterbean like B-E-A-N? Yeah. Butterbean. Oh, man. Um, Was it a show? Butterbean, well, actually, let me tell you some facts about Butterbean, okay. and you can figure it out yourself. <laughs> Butterbean knocked out Steve-O on Jackass. 
Butterbean knocked out Bart Gunn at WrestleMania. He has 77 professional boxing wins with 58 from knockout. Needless to say, he's a fighter. Okay, yeah. So Butterbean, he's a he's got fighter or a boxer. Patriotic shorts. Always seems to be shirtless when he fights. He's big. He's round. He's Butterbean. All right. So can you say him one more time? Knocked out Steve-O ja uh, on Jackass. Okay. Knocked out Bart Gunn at WrestleMania. Has 77 professional uh, boxing wins with 58 of them coming via knockout. Oh, man. Um, the knocked out Steve-O. Let's see here. I got my, my dad is texting me right now, letting me know who he is. Just like sending all these things like bald fat guy. Did he tell you the answer? He, he did not tell me the answer. I'm glad he knows who Butterbean is. I'm going to go out on a, a random limb here and say he didn't knock out Steve-O, but knocked out Johnny Knoxville. You are definitely reading something your no, dad I, I, said. I'm not reading anything. He did knock out Johnny Let's Knoxville. Go, That's the dude. answer. Yeah. Let's go. I totally don't believe that your dad didn't just text you that. My dad texted me, said, USC, no tough man. Tough man contest, bald fat guy. I can show you the text right here. I'm looking at him. Okay. Sounds about right. There you go. I learned from my mistakes the first two times. I knew you were going to trick me up on like some little fact that was incorrect. <laughs> He knocked out Johnny Knoxville. That's the most notorious thing that he did. Most noteworthy thing he did, at least. There's a new one of those movies coming out. Aren't they making a new one? A new Jackass movie? Yeah, I think so. Yes, they are. They are making a new Jackass. And that's been Culture Shock. <laughs> Very sudden. Ending that bed. It's almost like you're bitter that you got two out of three wrong. 336-777-1600. We're on Twitter at WSJS Sports. This just in from Bank of America Stadium. Garth Brooks has canceled his concert in Charlotte. Tough. Are we ever going to get any of these big concerts in Charlotte? Have we gotten any of those shows in? Garth was supposed to be the first one. Elton just scheduled one for next year. The Stones still haven't played there. Have we had one of those big shows at the Panthers football stadium yet? They're supposed to have the first one last May, and I think it was Garth. I don't know for sure if they have. But I don't think it surprises anybody that this happened, if you've been following the news at all. Matt Rule called out one of the Panthers... Skill position players, we'll call them today. We'll play the sound of that for you, and we'll react to it next on The Drive. Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, residence, resident of Alamance County, kind enough to join us from a place that's pretty far from Alamance County. Not too terribly far, though. Spartanburg, South Carolina, site of Panthers joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens today, day one of two of those joint practices, preseason game number two, Saturday night, Bank of America Stadium against Baltimore, of course. Mick, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the drops today. I don't know if there's such a thing as a good drop, but there's certainly bad drops. Take me there. How would you describe some of these miscues today? Uh, I don't know. Somewhere between uh, eviscerating and disappointing and curious and all the above. I, I don't know, uh, Josh. It's it, it challenges you. This time of year challenges you not to really get out ahead of your skis on all this and even just watching practice with no other team here, defense does well. You start worrying the offense is no good. Offense does good. You worry about the defense. You know how it goes. I think the receiving core overall is going to be really, really good. I, I do not think that Robbie Anderson – in fact, I know. I don't think. I know. I know Robbie Anderson, D.J. Moore. Uh, I know Dan Arnold. Uh, I, I know these guys can go up and get it, and they can catch it, and Marshall can catch it. So shall we excuse them a little bit of the case of the Butterfingers because of how good Baltimore's secondary is? Or 
do we just kick them in the rear end and say on your show and say, look, that's not acceptable. You're highly paid uh, athletes with motor skill for days, so make the catch. I think Matt Rule was trying to do a little bit of the latter. I think it was pretty clear he was talking about Terrace when he said that, you know, there's some guys out here that were worried about what they were doing last week, and Terrace obviously has had a lot of highlights, and he had the comments after the preseason game that when he was asked about the big play Terrace made in the first quarter, yeah, I would have liked for him to hold on to the football at the end. It, It kind of reminds me, I brought this up earlier, like in grade school, you're taught if if uh, if a little boy is treats a girl badly or is mean to her, it probably means he has a crush on her. When you're in college, if your friends roast you, it's probably because they they care for you. In NFL training camp, if a coach calls you out publicly, it probably means they expect something from you because guys who aren't seen to be worth anything, they might get cut if they make those types of mistakes. With Terrace, do you think maybe today was kind of a learning opportunity? I think so. And, and I think, too, Josh, a lot of it depends on what, what are you coaching if you're Matt Rule and his staff. NFL coaches rarely coach effort. But occasionally they do coach technique. And if a young receiver, generally when the ball is above your waist, your thumbs should be together and you reach out for the ball. You don't trap it against your pads or your body. If the ball is below your waist, your pinkies are together and so and and you don't turn away you don't look you know how many times have we seen the classic back turns to to upfield and turns away from the ball too quickly and clank it sounds like the bumper falling off of a 1983 chrysler k car so uh I, i i would last probably about maybe a couple weeks as an nfl head coach because i'm i'll be 63 years old in a in a couple of, in a month and a half, and I would have a rule that the first hour of all my trips, airplane, bus, whatever, for the first hour, no cell phones. Talk, sleep, do whatever, play cards, do whatever you want to do, but engage with your teammates. Get to know the guy next to you. Then if you want to plug in, sure, fine, go ahead. So I'm sure my team would it'd be mutiny on the bounty, and they would uh, desert me, and I'd be on the street. <laughs> the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon with us here on WSJS Sports. Out of all the newcomers at specifically skill positions, Chuba Hubbard, Terrace Marshall Jr., you mentioned Dan Arnold, heck, David Moore qualifies in that category. Who stood out to you the most being there with your eyes on it in Spartanburg? Patty Fisher, linebacker, Northwestern. Uh, Dan Arnold, I'm a huge fan of Dan Arnold and what he can bring to the offense. This offense needs, as you and I have talked about before, Josh, it needs, it needs tight ends. It needs a pass-catching tight end, someone who's lanky, can get downfield, get open, uh, jump up, uh, get the ball. Were you at all concerned with P.J. Walker? And I'm thinking about that third down play where he could have, it looked like to me he could have run for the first in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But he tries to do the Patrick Mahomes, gun it in there, drop it, you know, alter his arm slot, thread it in there. I think four different Colts had a chance to intercept it. I mean, to me, a pro quarterback, I mean, I'm not just harping on the kid in one play, but I think this is what this time of year is all about. Teaching points. Uh, you mentioned Marshall today. Uh, gentle corrections from the coaching staff. Hey, PJ, you got to see that. You got to see it's wide open in front of you. Run it on in there. And I just realized I left somebody out, Tommy Trimble, who, of course, had the catch on the first play of the game and had a touchdown catch when Carolina was struggling in the red zone on Sunday. Mick Mixon's with us here on WSJS Sports. The Ravens, they do a lot of things well, which is a reason why Matt Rule wanted to have joint practices with them. Same goes for a playoff team like the Colts. Is there a specific area you'd re- you'd really like to see the Panthers matched up with this Ravens team on? 100%. And I think this is the whole reason the Ravens are here. Why are the Ravens here? The Ravens are here, I can't speak for their club, but from a Panther standpoint, they're here so that Sam Darnold can see these exotics, that he can see the blitz packages, some of the things that the Ravens do in their 3-4 that the Panthers don't do and can't really simulate. That's it in a crucible. So uh, so I think that my son, who I love, Jonathan, 
He played high school football. Therefore, he knows more about football than Amos, Alonzo, Stagg, Bear Bryant, and Pop Warner all added together. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jonathan does love – I love talking ball with him. But he said to me last night, he said, why, 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 why? Why isn't Sam Darnold – you know, why are they bringing the Ravens in? Why didn't Sam Darnold play in the preseason? I said, Johnny, the Ravens in the preseason game will be vanilla. They'll do what every team does. They'll reel in. But they themselves need to work on their blitz packages. Therefore, the Panthers will see a good aggregation of those during these two days here at Camp Wofford. I'm interested in how coaches are going to handle things this year. Two big questions I want to see Matt Rule answer in the next few weeks that are kind of uncharted waters. We've seen what preseason football looks like with four games, and usually the third game is the dress rehearsal. What does it mean with a three-game preseason? What does that mean for the second preseason game, especially when you have these joint practices? That's number one. And number two, I think it made sense to everybody across the league to have three quarterbacks on your roster when you had a global pandemic raging. Now with the Delta variant surging, does that all but lock in the Panthers to have three quarterbacks on their roster for 2021? You're thinking being if somebody gets sick, you got death at that position? Yes. You could play it that way, or you could just keep Phillip Rivers on speed dial and uh, get him <laughs> get him to put the diaper bag down and get on, get on out here if he needed to in a pinch. I don't know. Uh, your question's a good one. I, I think what I'm interested in right now is, and I can't find anybody to really tell me definitively because everybody's got different opinions, but does Sam Darnold, the, the, the starters, the people like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, proven NFL vets, do you think, Josh, that they need to play in a preseason game? Do they no. need to see their locker, their pads, go out there, warm up, smell the grease paint, the roar of the crowd? No, they don't, and I don't think D-tackles, linebackers, or corners probably don't either when you're talking about matchups, going specifically at your guy. You, you're right to bring up skill positions to a degree. Wide receivers, I'd argue, you might want to keep in there for the same reasons as quarterbacks when you're talking about, in a quarterback's case, communication, chemistry, timing. Those are things that you want to do, and also facing a live rush, which you won't do at any other point of practice. The players I talk to, former NFL players, and I've talked to three or four, they they generally want to play. They they don't want to hit the regular season not having at least gotten uh, a couple of quarters in a preseason game. Mick Mixon's with us here on WSJS Sports. Since this will be your last training camp in Spartanburg, and who knows, maybe the teams, they haven't 100% confirmed that they're going to be back next year, I don't think. Is there a relic or a souvenir that you might take home with you? Well, considering that the thread count of the sheets in the dorm is about one, um, and the thread count on the towels is about maybe four, I think <laughs> I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I don't really collect. You get to be my age, Josh, and you'll experience this, especially after you get married. You end up the, the weight of the stuff you collect will crush you. So I've given away, I just spoke at the Spartanburg Kiwanis Club last week, and I gave away basically everything that was in my locker. So $110 dry fit shirt that the coaches wear. I don't like dry fit. So, ma'am, here you go. So go Panthers. This uh, school bag, this nice bag that the players carry their playbooks in. Here, here, here you go. Go Panthers. Thanks for your question. So, that's why I'm on demand on the banquet circuit, not because I'm a good speaker. It's because I'm, I come packing uh, stuff I'm trying to get rid of, not collect. All right. I'm going to visit the, the Burlington farm, and I'm going to take some stuff off you the next time I see you and Don sometime soon. Mick Mixon's with us here, WSJS Sports. Uh, I saw this stat earlier this week. The AP college football poll came out, the preseason poll, and North Carolina is ranked 10th on it. The last time they were ranked that high was the 1997 season, Mac Brown's first tour of duty. You were there for all of it. What did the summit of height look like uh, when you were covering Mac Brown's first tour of duty, Carolina football at that time in the 90s? Amazing, intoxicating. It's like a drug. Uh, game day coming into town. It stretched Chapel Hill. I grew up in Chapel Hill. That's my hometown. So it stretched 
everybody, all the townspeople, all the townies, all the locals, anybody that owned property, live near the stadium, near campus. UNC football under Mac Brown became so popular uh, during his uh, tenure there at first, and it'll be the same way, it is the same way now, that people had to figure all things out. Where, where are we going to park everybody? How are we going to get everybody in here? How are we going to get everybody out of here? Where's game day going to set up? This is unheard of. And, man, it was just – it was incredible. And it's it's coming back. I mean, the way that staff has recruited, uh, Kevin Donnelly doing a great job, Dre Bly doing mm. a great job, Daryl Moody, Coach, Coach Brown, a whole lot of them. I mean, they're just – they got it humming. It's unbelievable to watch. Carolina's going to kick things off, I think, yeah, about 16 days from today. We're pretty close to it. It'll be – the Tar Heels visiting Blacksburg at Virginia Tech. Mick, it's good to have you on as always. Enjoy the rest of Spartanburg. I know it's only a short period of time before things wrap up there. Appreciate your time as always. Appreciate your great questions as always, and uh, call me if you need me. That sounds great. That's Mick Mixon, voice of the Panthers, with us here on WSJS Sports.